Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker. Welcome to season 11. We haven't mentioned it in a while, but it's the vestigial season. It's a season that just kind of tacked on like an extra spleen. Like even saying it's the vestigial season is a vestigial remark. That's true. Fortunately, it's not redundant. Fortunately, it's not redundant. But uh, (laughs) we owe today's title to our scriptwriter and actor, Ann Porter. This is a line from one of her RV Rapture segments. It's from uh, the one coming up. Yeah. So what is the title, Kevin? Room for you on the Lord's sofa. There's always room for you, whether you're couch surfing in heaven or... Or just dozing off and pretending you've been a good person. Everybody should know this. The Lord has a sofa. It's comfy. It's soft. And your feet don't quite touch the floor, do they, I I don't think so. That's the thing, is that you always think that they will, but it's heaven, so... No. And it's the Lord's sofa. It's not your sofa. It's not. So please still don't put your feet up on it. No, you don't put your feet up. There is no ottoman and there's no antimacassar for you to put your pomaded head back on the sofa. Extra points for using (laughs) antimacassar. Well, and you made that redundant by repeating (laughs) the word. I did. Which is what we do because it fills the airtime. Also notice it's not the Lord's sectional. This is not something that he went to (laughs) Ikea to get and build and upholster himself. He's omnipotent, ladies and gentlemen. Get the idea <laughs> through your head. And it's a sofa, not a couch. Right. And if you just listen sonically, a sofa is so much more comfortable than a couch. And another point we know about the Lord's sofa, unlike certain grandparents or unkind aunts and uncles, the Lord's sofa does not have vinyl over it in case little kids come in with jelly on their fingers. The Lord doesn't care about that. He doesn't. Does anybody still use that out there? I'm asking you, listener. Do you know somebody? Because it's time for a cultural revolution (laughs) to finally get rid of that stuff once and for all. Yeah, call us right away at (laughs) at the following number. (laughs) 555-567-AX underscore R. Oh, no, that's our CB handle. Damn it, I never remember a number. Try to call us anyway, would you please? Uh, Yeah, call us because what we're going to do is we're going to provide those essential arguments that you need to have your relatives throw away the plastic sofa coverings once and for all. Throw it away safely, that is, melt it. I mean, let's say you're an arsonist. Lay it around a building you're going to set fire to. Ignite the vinyl. It's a wonderful fire starter. Just a little tip for you arsonists out there. Great. Okay. Now we're accomplices. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. Again. Speaking of accomplices... We have some accomplices who have written some sketches for today, and we should tell you, the listener, a little bit about those, right? We're going to start off with the aforementioned RV Rapture 12, Recreational Vehicle Rapture 12. And the saga comes to a conclusion of sorts. It ends, happily enough, on the Lord's sofa. Right. But this one's really about marriage and how you put up with somebody in spite of everything because Fred is going to be promoted to heaven from his half-earthly, half-demonic condition. Mm-hmm. He's going to be promoted to heaven with the dog, Bitsy, because dog's heaven. We know that. The question is, will Margaret be able to go too? You're going to have to listen in and find out. You know, Tony, I just want to mention that this whole saga of RV Rapture has brought up for me the issue of how it's so difficult to be ethical anymore because of supply chain issues and just not knowing who you're supporting and what they're doing. And that troubles me. (laughs) So I'm glad you're laughing, but... No, I'm not. It's just... 
comes. It's like, how could you be a good person anymore? You know, it's coming to us ex nihilo. I guess Um, so. And yeah, it's like people who um, want the humane treatment of pigs. Yeah, right. And then have them killed and and eaten. And then eat them. During their lives, they were treated well. Yeah, smarter than dogs. Anyway, um, after that, we have a commercial from our Norwegian friends at Norwegian Hiking River Cruises. I'm sure you're familiar already with the Norwegian Viking River Cruises that used to happen. But now it's global warming. And you've noticed that the rivers dry up. And frequently, when, when the boat runs aground, they have to take a bus to the next place where there's water in the river. And a friend of mine actually um, got on the bus after taking one of these cruises and got COVID. So, yeah. but hiking is better. You're going to want to sign up for this one. But bring your high boots. And finally today, we're going to have one final dip into the world of chaos. Years ago, we established chaos as an alternative to Neil deGrasse Tyson's new series of Cosmos. Chaos presented by Anders Lerkewil, a British astronaut and funeral director, uh, (laughs) wonderfully played by Tony's son, Rowan Flynn. And both he and his wife, Noha, and his son are going to star in the final episode of Chaos today, which takes place in a museum of arcade games and other games of skill. Kevin, what I have to ask you before we actually allow people to listen is how you came up with the character Anders Lorkawile, because he's not like Neil Mm -hmm. deGrasse Tyson. Okay, so here's me getting serious again. There is a convention that you, as an English professor, probably know of called Writing a Mary Sue. And a Mary Sue is where you put yourself into a story as a companion or whatever Mm -hmm. to a literary character that you've always wanted to serve with, as it were, in fiction, right? Yeah. And so there is a science fiction author, I won't mention his name, Stephen Baxter, who has done this repeatedly. And of course, his... Stephen Baxter-style hero scientist is always muscular and betting many women and, you know, things like this. So I imagined what Anders Lerkewile would be like from that rather strange Mary Sue situation. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Who's the ride-along companion who wants to be with Anders Lerkewile? Or is Anders Lerkewile that person? It turns out that ride-along was prefigured in all the other ones as one of his sperm, and that was the new baby, Chester Silas, who appears in this episode. Oh, uh, yes, He's Chester the ride-along. Yep. This is my grandson who plays him. Go ahead, send gifts. No more onesies. He's too big for that. Yeah, he's been uh, nagging at me to write him into something. Write him in and get his career as a 13-month-old going. There you go. I just had the proper critical distance to be able to write that role for him to toddle right into. And send in a lot of fan mail. Otherwise, you know how fussy he can be. (laughs) Greetings, folks. St. Peter here. Today is a special day up here at the Pearly Gates. Well, I guess I'd have to say that every day is a special day in heaven. But what I mean is that today our very own Fred has been awarded a full-time residency in one of the nicer cumulonimbus developments. You remember Fred. He and his wife Margaret and their little shutsu Bitsy, had to atone for driving a gas-guzzling RV. No, Bitsy, the lack of environmental responsibility was not your fault. Anyway, after their fatal crash, also not your fault, 
the Lord required them to do good deeds during the day, and as additional penance, they had to spend their nights parked in Satan's Lake of Fire campground. But today, as I said, is special, and I can hardly wait to tell Fred about his promotion, or ascension if you want to get technical. Fred? Fred? St. Peter? Ah, geez, a heavenly meeting in a gas station restroom? <clears throat> the Lord is everywhere, Fred. The men's room at the quick stop? But, Fred, I have exciting news. This isn't about the poutine that Margaret ordered for you the last time. I gave me heartburn for days. But no, I have good news. The Lord has approved your ascension. You're getting your very own cloud. Full time. Heaven? Full time? No more Lake of Fire campground? That's right. I've got the paperwork right here. You just need to sign on that line. And that one. And that one. Great. We're all set. Uh, wait, wait a second. Doesn't Margaret need to sign anything? I mean, even the bank wants... I'm sorry, Fred, but Margaret hasn't been invited. Not invited? Not invited, but she's my wife. There must be some big mistake. Well, Fred, the Lord thinks that... Wait a minute here. If I have an invitation, don't I get to bring a guest? You know, a, a plus one. This is not a wedding, Fred. The Lord does not offer plus ones. Well, then I won't go. Not without Margaret. And what about Bitsy? I won't go without Bitsy either. Don't you worry about Bitsy. Dogs always go to heaven. But Margaret, I don't know. Let me talk it over with the Lord. Lord? Lord? St. Peter, you know that I stream reality remodeling shows on Wednesdays. I know. I know. Sorry to interrupt, Lord, time. but there's been... Look at this idiot tearing up perfectly I good hardwood really floors and replacing them with vinyl. Make sure their truck gets a flat tire next time they go to the hardware store. And what they just did with the fireplace surround? Please, Lord, just hit pause. What now? Well, Lord, there's been a bit of a snag with Fred. Snag? Just a little one. Um, You could call it a technicality, really. What? He wants a plus one. A plus one? There are no plus ones in heaven. He won't come without Margaret and Bitsy. You told him about our open-door policy for dogs? Yes, Lord. It's Margaret who is the real problem. Isn't she the one who talked Fred into that second RV? Isn't she the one who nearly bought a third one from Satan? Isn't she the one who fed you gas station poutine? All of this is true, Lord, but Fred... Won't be happy without Margaret. <laughs> All right, I guess. Uh, you can make it so. Fred? Fred? What now, Margaret? Is this all there is to our cloud? What do you mean, all there is? We don't have a pop-out home theater like there was on the DynaQuest XL. 
And the kitchen cabinets don't look to me like they're solid sherry. Margaret, we're in heaven, and you're complaining about the amenities? I do have to admit that it is nicer here than it was around Satan's Lake of Fire campground. Just a little bit. It's just that, well, it is heaven. And I just thought that with a few changes... Changes? Lord, I, I hadn't realized. That I was listening? The Lord is... Uh, everywhere. I remember that, Lord. Well, Lord... We were just talking. Uh, Margaret, you were just talking. About a small remodel, Lord. Remodel? It is Wednesday and my show is on. Reality remodeling. <gasps> Reality remodeling? That's one of my favorites, too. What do you say that we give Fred a break? He can take a nap while we stream a home improvement show. I'll put a bag of popcorn in the microwave. Bitsy! Bitsy! There's room for you on the Lord's sofa, too. Will you look at that? In heaven, they have triple butter popcorn. I was born in a small red house in Norway. Growing up, our parents taught us children three important life lessons. Be curious. Be adventurous. Don't cut down all your trees unless you want to live in a small red house. As children, we grew up in a household that valued education, hard work, and an appreciation of travel. And thus my family earned its living for many decades with our small fleet of river cruise ships, providing pleasure and education to thousands of travelers over the years. But now, due to climate change, our rivers are drying up and our favorite destinations are no longer accessible by water. So instead of going back to the land and cutting down the rest of the trees, we have, as Darwin says, we must adapted to a changing world. Today, we issue our passengers a metal detector at no additional charge and bus them to sites along what used to be Europe's ancient and culturally rich waterways. There, where our boats used to ply the waters and harbors of ancient European cultural wonders, modern travelers strap on their hiking boots enjoy a traditional mayonnaise-filled herring-forward Norwegian lunch, and spend countless happy hours looking for and finding what passengers from an earlier era accidentally dropped overboard. Whether it's an expensive pair of binoculars from the 1950s, a purloined dining room silver-plated salad fork from one of our own ships, or even a lady's leather handbag, perfectly preserved along with its contents, by the silty muck at the bottom of a former river, you too can join the hunt for other people's former treasures. Prices, like the rivers themselves, have never been lower. Call or go online today. That's Norwegian Hiking River Cruises. 
instead of walking in circles like a crazy person on our regular cruise ships, as our passengers used to do to get in their daily 10,000 steps, now you can slog through eons of encrusted river history to find valuable, washable keepsakes while getting plenty of exercise. Norwegian Hiking River Cruises. Give us a call today and start packing for your next hike. And we speak English. Men in Charge. For the 13th consecutive year, a nominee for Oscar for Best Foreign Animated Short. Welcome to Chaos, the program on reality-based encounters with the world. We call it science. As a former astronaut and also a former funeral home director, I'm here to tell you that science has really only one message. The universe isn't our friend and has about a trillion different awful ways of killing us humans. I know that it's been a long time since you've heard from me. My comrades on Chaos, Spurious Jack Fowler and Dr. Declan McPogue of the Speculative Chemistry Department at St. Andrews University, have gone their separate ways. The last thing I heard from Jack, our former naturalist, he had joined a colony of aardvarks in Lesotho. And Declan, whose sole purpose on our show, it seemed, was to take the piss out of me, had to return to St. Andrews after a five-year-long sabbatical after some of his more feral graduate students caught up with him. And I haven't been on the airwaves for some time, partly because in the interim I married what you Yanks call my main squeeze, Enid Hackney Grub. And yes, that's Grub with two Bs and a silent E. She's mucking about today at the bottom of the garden here at our Tudor cottage in Scottsdale, Arizona, which leaves me in charge of, wait for the big surprise, listener, introducing my ten-month-old son, Chester Silas Hackney Grub Lurkawile, or the Little Nipper, as we like to call him to save precious time. Well, today, listener, the Nipper is safely ensconced in his modified baby Bjorn on my chest and accompanying me on one last investigative science report, this time to a very unusual location. Hey, Anders! Listener, it's my old friend Cosmo Hemingway. Good to see you, Cosmo. Uh, Great to see you too, Anders. So you've got your kid, your microphone, and your whole recording crew. You're kind of like a latter-day Mr. Rogers out surveying the people in your own neighborhood, eh? Cosmo, is it the cardigan I now persistently wear? It's good to see you've settled into fatherhood after your adventures. I'll let you borrow my 10-CD cardigan music collection. Guaranteed to get you to sleep by 8 p.m. every night. 
Indeed, but what about the nipper here? He insists on staying up to imbibe Graham Norton television late at night. Well, you've got a wife, haven't you? <laughs> Put all that burden on her. And maybe, thanks to Graham, she'll learn how many celebrity imitations that clever Benedict Cumberbatch is capable of. Listener, Cosmo was the chief engineer on my first, second, and third scrubbed missions to space. And it looks like he's finally made his dream a reality, turning a former Spunky McBeef's wondrous electrical arcade into a museum. Hemingway's gaming machine Athenaeum. The worst thing was getting the permits. And of course, negotiating the amount of protection money with the mafiosos who used to use this Spunky McBeef's as a front for laundering money. Better than having the New York Mafia in the White House, if you take my meaning. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I don't suppose it'll do any harm to tell the listeners about how we used to rig slot machines, eh, Anders? Uh, uh, I don't know if that's precisely a good idea. Oh, don't worry, Anders. Remember the American statute of limitations. You can get away with anything after seven years. Ah, yes. I believe that fact formed the central premise of a Captain Caveman cartoon that I recently viewed. In any case, the money I won from the rig slots went to buying those very machines themselves. I brought them here and erased the proof. It's as I always said, Cosmo. You should have gone into politics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chester Silas. I'll let you down out of the baby Bjorn. He just loves to clear out, you know. I suppose this gaming machine museum has been baby-proofed? Well, we're not open to the public yet. I'm afraid that my liability insurance is in abeyance uh, right now. Well, I suppose that's sufficient. Don't let the perfect become the enemy of the passable, as my grandpa always said. Off you scoop, Nipper. Just curious, Cosmo. Did Bally ever solve the problem of those dangerous pinball machines that would fall on entertainment seekers? Uh, yes, they decided to go up from two legs, uh, always a shaky proposition, to four legs. And now here's one of my favorites. Tetris? That's everyone's favorite. Yes, and it turns out that it was everyone's favorite because it was designed by a bunch of KGB fellows as a time suck for gullible Americans. They thought they would sneak in and invade us while everyone was bugged out on Tetris, the type of psychological warfare. Aha! That's why it played that strange Russian mazurka music in the background. Look here. This is the first Tetris brainwashing arcade machine made. It has Leonoid Brezhnev's signature on the inside of the back panel. Wow. I never would have thought a Soviet premier had such childish, slipshod handwriting. And over here, we have some early Disney examples of cross-merchandising. Pinball machines based on the earliest classic films. These are real doozies. This Steamboat Willie machine has seen better days. Ah, and here's one for Bambi. Hmm. Oh no! When the ball hits that rotating pin, Bambi's mommy! No! I told you they were doozies. But people had different attitudes back then. Hey, what? Look, look a while, look here. Look what your kid's done to my machines. Ah, the little nipper loves to build. Uh, we gave him alphabetic blocks, but he soon found his way into the garage and... Oh, no! He somehow melded my centipede arcade machine with my Mills 10-cent one-arm bandit. Those were both valuable, Anders. Yes. And now they're invaluable, Cosmo. 
Brilliant boy. Do you know what Chester Silas has created, old chap? No, I, I, I guess some kind of bidet, given that nozzle. He's constructed a completely novel type of kiosk of imagination. Like father, like son, I suppose. You always did insist on tinkering with your own kiosk back in astronaut school. You should have paid more attention when they were teaching us about O-rings. I wonder if it works. Hello? It's the little lady. Hello, my little humbug. I'm a little busy at the moment. What can I do for you? Anders, could you stop by the chemist on the way home? Remember now, dear, we're living in America, so it's the apothecary, not the chemist's. I'm texting you. Dratted phone. One cannot text and talk at the same time. A list of needs for the little nipper and for the household in general. Is anything scientifically important? Uh, I'm trying to get in as much science as possible on this last episode of Chaos. Oh, forgive me, Pat. I thought you were just taking Chester Silas to the swings. Uh, uh, playground? We're at the old Spunky Beef's Electrical Arcade, which is uh, a playground, uh, but of the imagination. And you'll never believe what the little nipper's been up to. I hope he's not constipated again. I told you not to feed him Turkish delight. But it's the best kind of British candy. We continue to agree to disagree, love. Now get the list that I'm about to text you before you come home. Whatever you say, me duck. Uh, but the nipper and I must make a couple of stops on the way. <sighs> Domestic life beckons, son. Uh, but first... Let's take this spanking new kiosk of the Imagination 2.0 for a spin. Since you built it, you get to choose the first destination. What? You want to go to Neil deGrasse Tyson's high school graduation? Why ever would you... Oh, you want to heckle him! I'm very down with that. Listener, thank you from the bottom of my heart, which... Remember, after the Leviathan disaster, it's made out of silicone. Your rapt interest has fueled our little show, Chaos, since it began. Our goal starting out was to demonstrate for you many of the ways in which space and biology aim to eventually kill all humans. But together, with spurious Jack Fowler and Declan McPogue, as well as our many guests, we've done so much more together. We've shown you why the sport called golf was invented by the ancient Picts just to mess with the Romans. We visited the last Turkish taffy factory in Scotland, and we've examined which kind of vending machines can be safely rocked if your jammy dodgers get stuck during the vend. Well, what more is there to say? That's all from me, your host, Anders Lurkawile, out. Now let's strap you in, Chester Silas. I have no idea how far we're going to go next. Five, four, three, two, one. Tony, uh, it, it really is time here at the end of our hiking river cruise to take our boots off, scrape off the bottoms, and thank the cast. It all makes sense. 
we want to thank Nancy Roth, Scott Herrick, Tony Flynn, Rowan Flynn, Noha Golly, Dalton Flynn, Kevin Decker, Jody Stewart Strobel. We'd also like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme song and our writers for today, Scott Herrick, Ann Porter, and Kevin Decker. And we also want to thank the four people who, when lined up by height, allow themselves to be distinguished from one another. Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, Samantha Rothy, and one of many men who cries out when stabbed accidentally, Brian Lindsay. 